hello, I didn't see you there. Welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. We're going a little bit asmr because people are sleeping in other rooms. Yes. I am Rick, not as you may have been led to believe previously, Alex. Alex is with me though, as is Paula. Uh, and this week, as well as what we've beaten, retired and played, uh, we're going to be talking about demos, demos, demos. It's long gone by the time you'll be listening to this, but the Steam Next Fest for us has just happened. And we, by which I mean I, have played a metric fuck ton of demos. <laughs> Uh, which we're looking forward to telling you all about. And as always, the capstone on yet another wonderful episode will be... How long to beat the the game? game. Right, now how can I segue that in? I'm so well prepared for these. Um, I'll think of one later. (laughs) Why don't you tell me about amnesia later, Paola? Hey. Ouch, I'm cringing myself. Go on. (laughs) 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 Okay, so I finally, finally, finally... Finished like the first Atomic game in Japanese AL I ever imported, like from Japan. And this one, as I stated earlier, is the kind of like fantasy sequel ish to Amnesia Later. And I gotta say, it did not disappoint. So even if it took me a while to even start the game, because there's actually like a patch in progress for English speakers. It did not disappoint. I, uh, I'm actually like, pretty happy with the game. It, it had fluff. It had like a lot of different like kid extract scenarios, and it was overall a very good time. I think that, of course, fans of the original game will likely enjoy this one to varying degrees, depending on like what which characters uh, did they like in the original game. But I think there's something here for everyone, which is nice. I'm still yet to beat like the other game that came into the same uh, cartridge because it was a two pack on the video, but that will be attacked for another time. So, yep. What about you, Alex? Because I see you have some retirement, so <laughs> you may want to take a break there. Oh, sure. Yeah, fair. Good thinking. I beat a lot. <laughs> now, a couple of these were pretty quick games, actually, but some of them have just been ones that have been on my back burner for a while, you know, playing for ages. So uh, first off was Yakuza Like a Dragon, which this, see, I'm not going to spend too long on this one because I've talked about it already plenty last week, too. But um, yeah, fantastic. It's a really, really good, like, passing of the torch, right? Because there were the technically seven games that followed mostly Kiryu, but, you know, Kiryu and Majima and I mean, to be honest, I don't know. It maybe expands into more, probably expands into a lot more characters over the six freaking games <laughs> after Yakuza 0. But it just felt like a nice kind of, yeah, it just, it felt like you're like, the series is in good hands. And actually the series director has left Sega just yeah. like this week officially, to which I, I think like, I think it's a good time to do that, you know, like did something really remarkable with these Yakuza games, but like, I feel like he's also told the stories that he wanted to, right? And like he did kill you and like this game is transferring to the new protagonist Ichiban, right? And like I feel like now if there was ever a time for him to go off and try something new, this seems like the perfect time because the studio clearly is in excellent hands. Like cuz obviously no game is made by one person alone. And I think like just from playing this game, I'm like, yeah, this series and they're, they're currently working on the sequel to Like a Dragon. It's in great hands. And what I think is neat is I was listening to a roundtable talk about like some RPGs that came out this year and the like you know director for this game was on talking about Like a Dragon and was talking about how like 
this game, they never actually set out to make an RPG, right? Like, it wasn't like they were like, okay, now we're going to do a new Yakuza, let's make an RPG. It was more like they had the character of Ichiban, and then they were like, well, what actually fits this character? And, like, an RPG ended up making the most sense. And when you play the game, you can really see that, because the RPG nature of this game is inherently built into the characters and the structure of the plot. Like, he's obsessed with Dragon Quest, He keeps like, he views his life as like, it's really funny. He views his life as like, he's like, yeah, I can level up on things, you know? And like, he like very much like has that kind of meta talk, but it's not like, it's not fourth wall breaky necessarily. It's more like, no, this is how I view my world, right? I view my world like an RPG, like I'm going to level up and, and and he's all about friendship, which is like exactly what RPGs are about, right? The party, making friends, you know? helping your relationships with your fellow party members. Like, that's just, like, natural to who Ichiban is as a character. So it was just a really, really excellent introduction. I will say it is a bit long in some in some ways, I think. To be fair, it's probably the similar length to like uh, to Yakuza 0. I know the, the earlier Yakuza games are much shorter. And to be honest, I also thought Yakuza 0 was a bit long. <laughs> And I mostly say that because some of the story beats in Like a Dragon, there's a period of time where you're kind of like, I don't know what's going on, as in like, what's the driving impetus of this game right now? <laughs> like, it's just kind of happening. But it also sort of works, because you find this, like in the first part of the game, Ichiban has been recently released from prison after like 18 years or something like that. I could be wrong on the number of years, it might be less, I can't remember. But so him having to kind of get back on his feet makes sense in the game. But anyway, I I do really recommend the game. I do not think you have to play the other games. I know there's a lot there's people who and I was one of those people. That I was like I played Yakuza Zero and I was like okay, well I'm gonna play the other games first. But I was like you know what that just come on. It's hundreds of hours of games. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Yakuza games, I don't think are games you can play one after another because fundamentally they're very similar. And so to do that, I think you would just burn yourself out hard on Yakuza if you tried to do that. So my advice is definitely play Yakuza 0 because it gives you that really beautiful introduction to who like Kiryu and Majima are. And I think that gives you an idea of like, because as I was playing, there was definitely callbacks. Like honestly, you don't have to know anything in it because frankly, when you play a Yakuza game they introduce so many people in every Yakuza game that like if you were thinking like oh but I have to play the others in order to know who these people are bruh you're not gonna fucking know who any of these people are anyway (laughs) like I I played Yakuza 0 and there's like so many people that they introduce that have no bearing any other time but like it's just how Yakuza games are there's a lot of moving pieces there's a lot of clans there's a lot of you know different uh yakuza you know families and whatnot so if you play the others obviously there are things you'll pick up on that i wouldn't pick up on but i also think the reverse is the same if you play this game and go back and play the other yakuza games you're going to recognize some of the things that you saw in like a dragon right so i think either way the experience will be fun so yeah and and i almost say like you should do this now because otherwise you're probably just never going to play yakuza (laughs) Like. And this is almost the new in, like when you talk yeah. about it as a transitional thing, obviously they've changed the setup mechanically as well as the character as well as the team. It's almost like what I suppose you want to, you guys want to happen with um, Ace Attorney and that the yes. B team is basically the A team now, but you, you can almost dispense with Kiryu and just like take it now and jump in. And I yep. think that's an interesting way to look at it for sure. It's exactly what they've done. And I think it's, I think it's a brilliant choice because frankly, I don't. There's seven games with Kiryu. Come on. Like, I mean, at, w- at what point do you just like, is it just, is it over? You know what I mean? Like, 
it's like now that you James Bond that shit, you ride it into the ground. Yeah, but I think what they've done is really excellent because Ichiban is such a lovable protagonist, and so are all of his <laughs> followers and friends, like Nanba and Saiko and um, Adachi, like everyone. And there's some others you meet too, but like they're such a core lovable group of protagonists. And I think the thing that is so great about this is like now I feel like we're finally going to get to meet just different people in these games, right? Like, I mean, frankly, the fact that there's a female party member. There's technically two, but really one of them is like who really invested in the story is incredible, right? There's no shit like that in Yakuza games. I mean, usually they're just tangential, right? Yeah, it's it's a step forward. And it's also just interesting because it's just, you just get new facets of like Japanese life basically by doing this, by allowing this to happen. You're just getting new, new interesting information. So anyway, that's like a dragon. Highly recommend it. Might as well jump in on that. All of them are on Game Pass. So like... Have a great time because that's how I played it. And I bet you anything, the new series Judgment and Lost Judgment probably coming to Game Pass. I, I would my my guess is March of next year, both of those games will be on Game Pass because that seems to be around when they announced Yakuza titles recently, and or at least some point next year you'll see them. I can imagine them dumping both of them on at the same time, but. We'll see. Mm. They've got a really good relationship with that studio. Okay, so Lats Like a Dragon. Now, the game that I hinted last week <laughs> that is both bad and also good is Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> so uh, this game came on Game Pass. And, you know, I, I was just kind of like curious about it, right? Because like it's been talked about so much. But like Crystal Dynamics is a good studio, right? Like, I'm like, they they make good feeling games. Like, I've enjoyed them. And that was the prevailing notion was that they skipped the second part of Mankind Divided for this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They never fucking finished that game. They just stopped it at a point that they could release the thing. Oh, we'll finish it later. No, you won't. Marvel come a-calling. God, I loved those games so much, too. They're, oh, my God. Those Deus Ex games were so fucking good. I, ugh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to salty. drag up any bad memories. Yeah, now <laughs> I'm even more sad. Because this game is the most cynical thing I've ever played. Like, it's the most late capitalist shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, I booted it up. Oh, sorry. You have a thing, Rick? I was, I was literally going to say, so uh, you'll probably have already seen it when you listen to this audience at home. But as of today... Square Enix have gone back on their promise to not pay to win this shit. And they are now selling time savers, which is basically paid XP boosts. Yeah. Um, which So is, yeah, fuck them. I think is for the... Because also, I'm not even sure, because I don't think you ever fight against other humans. Like, isn't it all PvE, from what I understand? Maybe. I, I, I made missions... a, a decision to dodge that that game a long time ago. Yeah, like, I never went on no the multiplayer stuff. But um, I, th- I think it's all... Yeah, anyway... So when you boot this game up, it's a fuck it's it's a nightmare. Also, who decided that you need to hold buttons to access menus? Now, I don't know if this is an accessibility thing because I don't think it is because I think I've even heard that being required to hold buttons is actually an issue um in, in for some for, for some people so i'm like who the fuck decided that everything i go to interact with i need to hold the x button for like five seconds in order to do it i was like what <laughs> anyway so yeah that's a minor minor thing but it's structured like an mmo honestly in weird ways so like it's it's all around these ah, jesus christ so <laughs> the campaign itself not bad like i had fun playing it there actually there's a few moments that are like i was like dope I'm like, yeah, I really fucking feel like Thor right now. Like, I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, like, I was like, I'm having a good time here. And they did do a smart thing wherein the, basically the heart of this game is Kamala Khan, like uh, Miss Marvel. And that was a genius idea because 
her characterization is is fantastic. Like she is just really personable. Felt to me kind of like um like I don't want to say but like like kind of like a female Spider-Man in a sense. Like it like not as in like they're the same character, but just in the sense where I was like if they do this character right, she'll be huge, you know? And like mm. seeing her in this game and I know that Disney Plus has like a TV show coming and then she'll be starring in the next Captain Marvel movie because it's called The Marvels and so she'll she's in that movie. Mm-hmm. She she will be fucking huge. Like I guarantee you. This is character is fantastic, hilarious. Um, powers are like really interesting and just like a fascinating character and I really enjoyed her in the game I was like oh this is like I actually liked playing as her Um, though I will okay I can't remember his name but the one who voices Nathan Drake uh, no, the North, North, I want to say, yeah. Voices Iron Man, and it's it's just Nathan Drake, like, honest to God. Yeah. As I was listening to it, I was like, okay, Nathan Iron Man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... I had that problem with Dark Void. Once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. I couldn't notice it. And they all do look like, you know, knockoff cinematic universe. <laughs> like, honest to God, they really do just look like... Because they, they, yeah. they're so close. They're so similar that it makes you feel weird. And it's not that bad. Like, graphically, the game is impressive looking. Well, it's particularly because I was playing it on performance mode. So it was locked at 60 FPS and, like, mm, silky smooth. But every single mission's just, like, the same, you know? Like, it's basically just go to this point, here's a bunch of enemies, and they show you that, like, multiplayer shit where it's, like, stand in this circle and wait until the bar fills up, and, like, you know, like, that's what you're doing, basically, or, like, you go to this checkpoint, and I realized some of the missions, they're, like, semi-open world, where it's, like, here's a bunch of cool things you can go visit, and I was, like, I would rather die than go and do your bullshit mini side quests, because I know that all they are is me going one place, finding a bunch of enemies, and then just, like, that's it, and then there's Mm. gear in this game, yeah there's gear well how else are we gonna make you level shit up you know you've got to have shit to level up why do heroes level up anyway <laughs> like i'm like they're superheroes <laughs> man what the fuck like okay miss marvel's gear is like her insignia like her thunderbolt symbol is one of her ge- i'm like what? okay if iron man had gear yeah, that makes perfect fucking sense. Like, he's literally yeah. gear. Why well, does huh. Thor get an upgrade to his hammer's handle? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, wow. That, I mean, that's not the least believable. <laughs> the least believable one to me was uh, Hulk's actual spine. Yes, yes, yes. The, the biological one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, even that it's, it's not that it's unbelievable. I'm just like, why does he need that? But yeah, Hulk's spine is a thing. Like, like Black Widow makes sense. I can see that. Um, I think mm-hmm. Thor has a bunch of weird stuff too, though. Like some of them, yeah, There's it's like bioskeletal upgrades or some shit. Like there's a bunch of those. There's like neurological ones. Anyway, I never give a shit because they have a button called LT where you hold it and it just gives you the next, like whatever the best um, gear you have in the game. So I was like, got it. And it doesn't matter because it all scales, right? Like the campaign just scales to your level and all your heroes are at different levels. So I was like, it's functioning, functionally meaningless. Like, yeah, there's literally no point. You can tell the only reason it's there is because of this online shit that Squeenix was like, mm, Marvel, you want to suck as much fucking money out of that teat? Like, that's basically what Squeenix is doing in this. <laughs> and it backfired spectacularly because no one got the game. It did, and no one wants it. And you can tell they put it on Game Pass. And so now they're like, well, and this is what's funny, I think. They put it on Game Pass and they probably did get a lot of new players. But then they realized, fuck, these new players aren't buying cosmetics. <laughs> Yeah. I don't give They're a playing shit. the campaign and leaving. That's, what? that's exactly what I the did, audacity. right? I'm like, well, yeah. I'm going to play the campaign. I'm going to piece <laughs> the fuck out of here because why would I play the rest of this fucking game? And like, yeah. 
the online just sounds stupid. And anyway, I you know, it drives me nuts because like they actually did do a really good job of making the heroes feel fun to play. Like they they are actually really fun to play as. But one of the problems too though is that all the heroes kind of functionally have to be the same in a lot of ways. Like you, you know what I mean? Like they all have like a heavy attack, a light attack, a ranged attack of some kind, which they somehow made make sense for every hero, which I'm kind of impressed. Uh, I mean, Hulk picks shit up off the ground and throws it. It's kind of neat. Um, But then ultimately traversal feels similar because everyone basically has to have something that allows them to like traverse quickly. Um, Everyone has to be able to do everything because of different configurations online. Yeah. And also because you have characters who can fly, which is super fucking fun, by the way. Um, Flying Mm -hmm. as Iron Man and Thor is great. Like whenever I could pick either of those two, I was like, yeah, I'm being Thor the whole fucking time. Because Thor is a literal fucking god. Like (laughs) he's very strong. And he can fly around. It's really fun. But because of that case, it's just really open levels. Like, frankly, what I would have loved to have seen, but of course they wouldn't do. And maybe they've learned because of, um, now it's, I know it's different. Oh no, because isn't Square Enix doing Guardians of the Galaxy as well? Oh, I think they might be, you know. I think they are. Um, but that I mean whoever's doing that that is campaign only but see this is why I think they've maybe learned a lesson yeah it is Square Enix Uh. and I'm I'm hoping they have because what you see within um, and it's by Eidos Montreal so yeah you can tell they broke apart the Deus Ex team and were like you're going to make Marvel games now (laughs) and one of them got really fucked I just feel bad for the Crystal Dynamics folks because I feel like as I'm looking at this game I'm like you know for sure for sure that the team was le- wasn't was like, this is what will make the best video game. You could tell a Squeenix like, yeah. was like, you guys have to have this shit in the game. And they're like, are you fucking for real? And they tried their best and they, this is what can't ha- happened. But And hot take, Guardians is going to be super underwhelming as well. You heard it here first. Yeah, although I, I don't know. A lot of impressions are really positive about it because the impressions about Marvel's Avengers, I remember even at the time, were never positive. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like they were always then- like, ah. <laughs> That Guardian setup, I feel like you can make work really nicely in a 30 minute mm-hmm. slice. I think when you stretch it over 10 to 12 hours, it gets very stale very quickly because it doesn't yeah, look like there's possible. a lot of variety in that combat and it doesn't look like there's a lot of variety in that story potentially either. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I'd like to be proven wrong. Yeah, um, oh, me too. But I, I do understand what you're saying too because that's one of the issues with actually, you know, I got to say the story in Marvel's Avengers is, is pretty good. Like by the time I finished it, I was like, oh, that was like a like a pretty solid like MCU-ish movie, you know, like maybe like a Black mm. Widow, <laughs> like on that level. Black Widow's good. It's not great, but it's good, you know, and like it feels a little bit like this too but it's also the problem with almost all mcu games marvel games i mean actually to a lesser extent because i would say batman games they swerved this problem but marvel games in general i think the main issue is that your enemies are always like faceless robots and sometimes generic thugs like even in spider-man there's a bit of this problem but they do it better way better like Mm. way better Uh, but you know what I mean? You're sometimes always fighting these just kind of like, they're the aim forces. Yuck, yuck, yuck. You know, <laughs> that's like who you fight, right? And it's kind of like, all right, whatever. And I don't feel like they use the pantheon of villains very well in this necessarily. Like there's a couple that you meet and the main villain is interesting. But yeah, it could have been a little better in that regard. But um, the thing that makes me sad when I play this game is that realistically, if this was a game that really focused on one or two of these heroes, I think it would have been really incredible, you know? Or if it was like a campaign, for instance, that didn't have to use maps that were probably then used in the multiplayer and could instead be 
highly focused based on the hero that you're playing as in that segment, it would be pretty fucking amazing. Because I think of Shattered Dimensions. It was a Spider-Man game that not everyone loved, I know, but like I really liked that game because you played as a bunch of different Spider-Men, but each level was tailored to that character. Yeah, you remember what I'm talking about. With Noir in 2099. I think my brother had the Wii version, which obviously was the balked version, but like I played a version of that game. I played it and I really liked it. I thought it was an inspired Mm. take on this because- It was decent, yeah. Yeah, it was quite decent and every level was really structured toward the Spider-Man that you're playing as. And if they had done that here, if for instance, you know, they do it a little bit, like there's an Iron Man level where you're like basically doing like a trench run. But even that was a little, they didn't do it great. We'll put it that way. <laughs> but they did it. it. It could have been better. Anyway, that's Marvel's Avengers. I'm actually going to talk about it a little bit more in retired because I did retire part of this game. But uh, <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's not great. I don't, I don't, I do recommend the campaign. I don't re- recommend anything else. So if you're on Game Pass, play the campaign. You might enjoy it. If not, you got nothing to lose. But it's like 125 gig download. It's like, holy fuck. <laughs> this, this game's huge. That's gross. Yeah, it's just a ginormous game. You can tell it's all the multiplayer shit. Um, nah. Okay. Sorry, let me let me keep going here. I'm freaking way too long. Uh, I just I played a lot, people. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and a lot that no one's heard of. So I played, um, or I haven't talked about it on the podcast. I played Little Nightmares because it's the game of the month. Well, one of the games of the month. I might play Bioshock 2 again after, actually, since I bought that whole collection. Might as well. <laughs> it's... You know, it's it's fine. It's atmospheric. It's not scary. But I'm also going to be... Okay, I, I caveat here. I'm a horror fanatic. I have watched countless horror movies. I'm a little desensitized <laughs> in general. And I've played many horror games. This game didn't even come like close to frightening me at any point. It was really atmospheric. It's creepy. It's got an interesting story that you kind of have to like you know, that that isn't quite explained. Like, it's very... It's in the lineage of, I think, a lot of modern horror-ish games that maybe, like, Five Nights at Freddy's kind of started it, where it's like... They probably didn't start it, but, like, Dark Souls kind of did, too, where it's like, we're not going to explain the story, but the story's in the lore. Like, that kind of thing, where it's like, you got to interpret it. And, and that's fun. I just don't care. <laughs> I was like, mm. don't feel like it. It's only, like, three and a half hours, so, frankly, I was like, okay. I, I think I gave it, like, a seven. The controls are a little annoying, I have to admit. It's one of those 3D platformers where, like, there were, there were just a lot of times where I would press A to jump, and it was like the motherfucker just wouldn't fucking jump. The latency just felt off. Like, I was like, I'd, and, like you have to, like, run and then jump to get things. I would run, I'd press jump, and he'd just go, and fall And you down. start second-guessing yourself, and it becomes a whole I know, thing. and I'm like, yeah. fuck, am I doing it wrong? What the fuck? And, like, sometimes I'd just be pushing down, and suddenly he just runs off an edge, and I'm like, what did I, What? And like, look, I've is that is it isometric? Is it like the camera can sort of mess with what your perception yeah, direction it, is? Yeah, it can. It's not isometric, but it, it, it's like you know, it's on a two D plane. So it's the problem where it's a three D game on a two D plane, right? And like, well, two D ish. I don't know. But the camera sometimes also the camera because like you can go through doors and the camera will just be like, here's the fucking door, and you can't see your character because you can't move the camera much. You can kind of pan it to the side, but sometimes I would pan it, and my character was just literally in a place where I couldn't see them, and I'm like. Where the, where, where the fuck am I supposed to? And like, it's also a game about sneaking often. And uh, it's just not, it's not polished. It's it's a first attempt, you know? Like, uh, I think, um, I'm pretty sure I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, I do recommend trying it out because it's kind of neat. Like I picked it up for like a couple bucks. I heard the Switch is like a fucking nightmare. And I got to say, I can, I can believe that the Switch must be a fucking nightmare because on my no Series pun intended. X, yeah, that's actually, yeah, no pun actually was intended, but maybe it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the Series X, man, the load times were genuinely fucking long like yeah like not crazy long but like long enough that i noticed and 
this is because like on the Series X, they're like buttery smooth almost all the time. And I was like, so this is a highly sped up like load time. And I'm like, holy shit, this must be like a minute fucking long on the Switch. Like it's just brutal. <laughs> so anyway, okay game. Fun to play in spooky time. Maybe put headphones on, play in the dark, enjoy the atmosphere. Some scenes are creepy. But it's also a game that relies on um, you sneaking past things. So if you get like captured, you just have to repeat over and over. And my thing with horror games that do that is that once, scary. Twice, not so much. Three times, it's a chore now. Annoying. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. eventually, it's just like, oh, I'm just learning the pattern. I'm not frightened of these things at all. I'm just figuring out what's the pattern to get past them. I don't know the answer to this. This is just a problem with some games because if you make it too easy then who gives a fuck but ultimately it's like that's just kind of how it is maybe dark souls fixed it because of the way that you anyway whatever um (laughs) so that was little nightmares i also played a game that is fucking awesome called the procession to calvary which is by joe richardson (laughs) look this game up please because it is a renaissance painting basically he he's doing these he has a series of games where they're point and click adventures and he's got this one thing called four last things um, which is the the one that came before this. And he's actually just announced, I think the other day, he's he's got another game coming out and what he's calling his Renaissance triptych, which is also genius because that was like the medieval paintings of the time who were often triptychs, which is like, you can imagine it's one big painting in the middle with two smaller ones on the side. And the way this game works, it's like you're playing through so the main character in this game is actually Belladonna, which is a painting by Rembrandt. So you play as this woman who's basically going on a murderous rampage and you're going through all of these. It's all just, it's medieval paintings. But like as a game and it's Monty Python, like, you know, Monty Python's animated segments where they're like, I was about to say it's that's what it is. That's what this fucking game is. And and in fact, it's more cohesive than a lot of Monty Python segments. And like, I, it's fucking funny. Like it is just a funny fucking game. Like at one point I I sent you all and I'll I'll post this in the Hell on the Beat Discord too. Uh, There's like a segment where you walk on and there's all these people who are crucified. (laughs) They're just like going, ah just screaming the entire time and it's fucking chaos and like you you're just like stabbing things because like the whole point of this story is that there was a holy war against someone called heavenly peter and you've been enjoying murdering people and you're really sad because you're not allowed to murder anymore because the story's over and so you ask like the new king immortal john can i go murder heavenly peter and they're like yes you can so that's that's the whole quest is just i want to go kill this guy now it is a point and click adventure game so admittedly that there is some of that bullshit in there but not much like the puzzles do have i think for the most part plenty of logic to them and like lots of clues there's one puzzle that i was like come on bro that was a stretch but overall i think it's really fun and it's only like um i think i beat it in under three hours honestly um it's not long and it's just i just had a big fucking smile on my face like it's a game to play in one sitting like just sit down some night and just relax and play this game because you'll have so much fun. And it's so unique. You've never played anything like this, frankly, because like the style and the look of it, because every single like, you know, scene is a fucking painting by a master, right? <laughs> That's what it is. So like, and, and he has a room in there where you can actually see all the paintings that he pulled inspiration from. That's really cool. And it gets used for um, like some puzzles and stuff. And so it's really neat to go and explore all these paintings and be like, oh shit. So like this stuff's like actually from like, you know, it, it anyway it's god it's such a good idea it's such a good fucking idea i love it four last things i know is on android and ios as well as steam and they're all on steam but um i think this is the only one that's on game pass so it's on it's on console um four last things is the one i own the one i plan to play uh Mm -hmm. for anyone looking out to sort of watch for the third game it's going to be called death of the reprobate that's it yes death of the reprobate yeah i will definitely be playing it when it comes out because uh guys great it's good shit (laughs) 
And the last game that I beat, I beat this morning, actually. Didn't intend to beat it this morning, but it just happened. Uh, the Great Ace Attorney Adventures on the Switch. Hey. Yeah, so I beat the first one. And um, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It, it's, it's a good Ace Attorney game. Like, for me, it's like an eight. But I can very much tell I'm very excited for the second game. We'll put it that way. Because there's a lot that's kind of left up in the air in this game. And, like, the court cases in this one are... I think of the more standard variety when it comes to like Ace Attorney, like you, you kind of figure them out, like especially the final case, like I had it figured out like pretty early on. It's still really fun to see how it unfolds because frankly, knowing the solution is never really what's fun about Ace Attorney. It's like seeing how the story unfolds, but at the same time, it did unfold like slightly predictably, but I still enjoyed it. It's still like up there in like the top tier of Ace Attorney games, I think. But yeah, you can super tell that this was a setup for uh for the next one and that's okay because frankly what it does really well is it develops the characters extremely well like naruhodo or yonosuke goes through like a really um excellent sort of journey in this one and like you really feel by the end of it that like he is now an experienced lawyer right like he starts absolutely nothing at the beginning and by the end he gets there and i think it's just i think it just kind of had to happen right like they just needed to do that they needed to build up the character um you you know everyone better by the end of this and so i'm looking forward to see how things are gonna play out in the next one because there's some some big stakes that are coming into play here so because paula you've played the first one right you haven't played the second one yet i haven't played the second one yet because i'm waiting for someone to start before i start to maybe it's killing me (laughs) well i will be very careful with what i talk about in the next few episodes (laughs) I will, I will oh, no. promise no spoilers. No, I won't give any spoilers. I'll just talk in general impressions of how I feel. <laughs> but no spoilers, promise. Because I do want people to play these games. And frankly, the joy of these games is learning what happens. So that's it. I know there's a lot. But Rick, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so uh, I've got sort of a triptych of completions myself. I've got a big one in the middle and two little ones either side. So the first of those is a game called Love Hero for the 3DS, which has almost no coverage and it's not really surprising why having played the game because the game is barely there it very much feels more like um like an interactive art exhibit so it's five levels ostensibly it's a shoot 'em up but the levels are all designed around surviving for the length of the song which backs the piece it feels like it hints at a story there isn't really a story there the gameplay is very very thin but the aesthetic which is like black white and pink um is quite striking there's definitely some artistry to it. Felt like a nice sort of exhibit. And um, because I played my copy of the game in Somalia, I didn't lose any money playing it. So uh, it was all hunky-dory in that respect. <laughs> uh, if you have a hack 3DS, I'd say go and check it out. It is only like a dollar on the eShop while the eShop is still alive. So I think for that price, it's arguably worth the point of that price of entry. I, I spent about 40 minutes on the thing. A weird one for sure. Um, unlike anything else I've ever played, but not necessarily in a good way. Like it, it was peaks, troughs, no in between. It was, it was a bit of a roller coaster, um, but a strange one. Second game I played was um, a fairly new one called Foreclosed. This is a cyberpunk themed game about a character whose ID becomes repossessed, is subject to foreclosure proceedings because it's owned by the company he works for. That company uh, becomes bankrupt. And he has to try and get to the bottom of what's gone on and um, get his life back, in essence. Great concept. Beautiful game. It's like a, a pastel, cel-shaded sort of thing. Really pops. What doesn't pop is the gameplay. And it, it, it's a mix of really mediocre stealth, really mediocre sort of traversal, 
and really subpar shooting. Um, it, it's like it was designed around a cover system that they never bothered to fucking implement. And so it made all of the fighting really tortuous until maybe the last half hour of the game uh, when you fully unlock your cybernetic telekinetic sort of abilities and then you can really use and abuse the the throw and drop commands. Um, but even then, I felt like I was trying to cheese every fight. It's not a game I could really recommend anybody buy or play, which is kind of disappointing because I remember seeing quite a lot of the pre-release and being uh, excited for what the game could have been. Um, ultimately, what what it is in reality as a package is just not very good. Um, if they tightened up the combat and fixed that, I think that that would make the package recommendable as a whole because, the, you know, the stealth and the traversal aren't bad. They're just not good. And the story does have some interesting components to it. Like I say, the game is really pretty. Go and look at some screenshots and then forget about it, honestly. I, it, it's just not good. And then the last one I played, also pretty, but also free. So worth looking at on that point alone. Uh, it's called The Good Time Garden. This is a game I've had installed for about a year. Then while I was cleaning up my laptop, I realized that it was taking four and a half gigabytes and uh, was listed on everyone's favorite stat tracking website, How Long to Beat, as a 20-minute playthrough. So it's like, right, let's clear that shit off. This is a whimsical but oddly sexual game. So, yeah, yeah, but I mean, the facial expression that Paola's pulled is not appreciable by any of you listening, <laughs> but it's probably the one you're pulling at home. The game is about a little pink character who just sort of exists in this world. And I suppose the, the main conceit of the game is feeding living creatures that you find throughout the world to this central little sort of bulb that grows and becomes a thing. And every time you feed it something, you get a close-up shot of its like face slowly sort of fattening up and, and like becoming more strained. Uh, and then it'll cut away to a black and white piece of text like, you don't want to stop now, do you? Oh, you naughty boy. Just like really weird stuff like that. And then <laughs> one of the characters that you, you have to sort of collect, it's like um, <laughs> um, when they pop up out of the ground, it's like two people just with boob heads. But it basically looks like a pair of poo- boobs popping out of the ground. And one of your three sort of actions that you can perform with this character moving around the world is uh, like a punch. And when you're punching the boobs, which you have to do to get them to pop up, they're like, oh, yeah, it hurts so good. Just like <laughs> weird sexual stuff like that. It's a trip. It only took me 12 minutes to beat. Um, it sort of defies explanation. And again, it's free. So um, if you're 18 and over, if you're not, I won't tell anyone, but like, go and check it out. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a weird, fun, sort of strange, titillating palate cleanser thing. Um, this game is hilarious looking like just looking at it too the art is hilarious like (laughs) it's really well drawn as well that's the mad thing like so much effort went into this weird kind of pervy game and i love it i I love that it exists i love that it's a thing and you should totally go and check it out if that sounds remotely interesting to you by contrast things that weren't interesting enough to complete aka retirements alex why don't you take it away because you've got two dlcs that you want to tell us about yeah real quick on this so i I thought Okay, maybe, you know, Marvel's Avengers, I was like, they included all their DLC in it. There's Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and there's a Black Panther thing. And I started playing the Kate Bishop one, and I got about halfway through, and I said, what the fuck am I doing? Like, because <laughs> I was like, I don't like this. I liked the campaign well enough, enough to play through, wasn't a bad experience. But the DLC, it's just, it's just, it's just more of the fucking same, except now you play with a fucking archer i guess and like you're just like and i learned something in this game is that like 
frankly, the ranged attacks are way more useful than anything because most of the bosses, if you get up close, they just pummel the shit out of you. So you basically just stand back and go flick, 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 and like use whatever ranged attack you have to kill people. And they're usually pretty strong. So I was just kind of like, what am I, what, what's the point? And now I have an archer who literally all I have to do is hold down that button and shoot people with it. <sighs> <laughs> I imagine you sat stony faced. This is compelling gameplay. Yeah, basically. I'm having a great time. That was honestly it. So I went, fuck this shit. I played the campaign (laughs) and the campaign was fun. Like I had fun. I can say that. Um, There were moments that were worse than others, but I had fun. As I was playing this, I went, this is menial. I'm no longer having fun. Goodbye. So I was like, fuck that. I don't need to play this Kate Bishop thing. I don't need to play the Hawkeye shit. I don't, because it's all just addendums, right? It's not like interesting new shit, right? It's not like they're like, here's yeah. a wild, cool new story. No, actually, okay. Maybe the Hawkeye one might be kind of interesting because it, it seems like it's dealing with future imperfect, which is like like old hulks there. So I don't know. Maybe I'll watch some videos of it, which could be fun. Double speed it up um, and just see what it was, but... And apparently Black Panther went so quick. And I've heard people say that Black Panther plays a lot like Captain America. And I'm like, I could buy that. So I'm like, no thanks, just a skin. And also, as if Hawkeye is going to be different than Kate Bishop, they do two DLCs of the two fucking archers. I was like, they're going to be exactly the same. Except maybe a little different, but like, you know. You know what fucking creases me up? Everyone was so incensed that Spider-Man was going to be a, a PS4 exclusive. I don't think they finished that DLC, you know. No, they didn't. Unless, unless, there's a, unless there's a contractual obligation and they have to shit something out with Spider-Man in it, I don't think that DLC even happens. Lord, no. And why would it? Spider-Man would make no sense in this game <laughs> at all. Like, literally none of the levels are set up for a web swinger. I'm like, they're almost all outdoor fucking woods places. Yeah, it'll be Spider-Man 2 web swinging where you just connect into random light clouds. Yeah. <laughs> no sense at all or maybe he's just like shoots webs and just flings himself across the level that's probably what it would be he would just be flinging himself across the entire level like honestly i'm like you guys can't make a fucking spider-man in this get fuck off plus insomniac is doing it so well that it's like they know if they make spider-man that everyone's just gonna be like it's gonna be compared yeah sucks compared to that shit right uh-huh so don't touch spider-man uh yeah that that was funny what what oh, this whole game is such a fuck up man it's so like anthem except maybe it's a little better because the campaign's actually playable and i don't know if anthem is so <laughs> it, it's like anthem but also you have five characters who aren't i man hey hey there you go oh, god almighty i also retired the little nightmares dlc because i bought the complete edition and also it's a little weird because like you, you there's nothing that like tells you how to play it you just go to chapter selection and it's like choose these ones underneath that's the deal but it doesn't tell you that i just knew that it was the dlc because i was like oh the dlc is without the little raincoat but i started playing the first episode and there's a section where you go and um basically it's like maybe 10, 15 minutes into the first DLC. And you're running along, and there are these leeches, right? Um, these little leech characters. And if, if the leech hits you, you die. And they're really fast in the DLC. Like, they just come up to you. But the leech came up to me, and I died, and I got a black screen, and nothing was happening. And I was like, uh, are you going to respond me? Or, like, what's going on? Nothing. It's just nothing. It was just black. So I was like, fuck, okay. So I, I canceled out, and I, I reload it. I click resume, and it responds me where the respawn point would be i go through i get a little farther but another leech gets me and i got fucking black screen again i was like what the fuck like it's just broken it's just actually broken i was like oh not fucking doing this this game is only okay at base point and there's no fucking way i'm gonna like slog my way through a prequel dlc that to to a story that has a fucking (laughs) obtuse story anyway that's about interpretation so i'm like why would i want 
want to fill in the background when it doesn't work. <sighs> anyway, I was really disappointed. So I'm going to warn people that I, because I don't think it's just something in my game because it happened at the same spot twice in a row. Like that to me spells that there is a problem in that segment of the game. And I'm playing on the fucking Series X. It should fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not like I got old fucking hardware. Anyway, that's so it. So you could say it gave you some nightmares. Yeah, it was a nightmare hey. to try to get through that. Right. I've also heard um not very good things about the DLC. Like most people have just said that it's like mediocre at best. So I'm like Which is also what the Marvel's Avengers ones is. Can I just okay, I would like us to do an episode later on DLC because I'm starting to get yes. to the point with DLC where I'm yes. like, this shit's useless. Why the fuck do we do this? It's always worse yep. than the actual game. <laughs> like, it's just. It's all about recurrent user spending, Alec. I know. I guess the only example, maybe, like, there's a couple, but, like, it was the era of, like, you know, Witcher 3 expansions and, like, the era where expansions were big, like, basically other games. Like, maybe Miles Morales, DLC was frankly. fantastic. Yeah. This is, like all, this is all for another time. Yeah, but let's yes. do that. This is another. Maybe yep. this is a new game plus. Um, <laughs> anyway, move on. If you want to hear it, let us know in the comments down below yeah, why uh, smash that like button <laughs> why don't we head off to what I we're playing myself. and uh paula you've been that's all right you've been patiently uh awaiting here to talk so paula why don't you tell us all about what you've been playing this week i know you've been busy as shit so i don't <laughs> yeah i haven't been playing like quite a lot i i decided to just focus on a couple of games for now mainly because i'd rather like finish like at least a game a week rather than the octopus and play like eight games a week and finish none. So speaking of no progress, Breath of the Wild, like I just I'm, I'm still just grinding for Guardian parts for my super stealthy mission. Not so much to say there. So I've been playing Timberborn a lot, like a lot because it is like the kind of game that you can like leave idle for a couple of minutes if. You're just waiting like to your uh, for your viewers to build stuff, but this game pulls no punches. <laughs> like at this point in time, I have in the first main map that I'm playing, I have four districts. And the the main one, which by the way, I have like literally no no space to build on, so I'm pretty much like using the verticality the game gives you to continue expanding my beaver society because this game is very particular in the sense that you can build buildings on top of each other so uh, the way you position your stuff like vertically on the map is as important as how you place it like on on a general area or location so you yeah, have the main district i have the what i call the metalworks district because there's like these metal ruins where you can farm well metal and then use it like to make certain items or you need them to, you actually need metal to craft the factory that allows you to have dynamite. And you want dynamite because there's, okay, so in Timberborn you have this drought. So water is like the most important resource just to have like there mm -hmm. because you, you, your beavers drink water, the plants drink water, the, the trees need water. So if you don't have water during the dry season, then you will have no wood to work with. You will have uh, no crops, and if you have no crops, well, your little beavers will die, <laughs> which actually happened in one of my districts, you know, metalwork. So metalwork is pretty much rising from the ashes because there was a seven-day drought, and everyone died. 
on that district. I have to slowly but surely migrate some of my beavers from other districts and use like the distribution centers to send resources to that district and pretty much provide it. And now I am finally getting access to that precious metal so I can finally use dynamite to pretty much like extend the reach of the rivers and make like, I don't know, another lake somewhere else so I can keep colonizing the uh, the earth with beavers. And I have the water district because I managed to dam like the lake that there's like in the far right of the map. So that district in particular always have has water. Like during the seven day drought, they had water. So I pretty much use that district to send water to the other districts that were dying. And if I didn't do that, well, that would have been game over because the game is brutal as that. And the most recent dis district is Save Heaven. That I very much feel that district like up the stream and it's pretty much the place where I'm farming like all the food now because it's the most hydrated part of the map right now. It's also the previous district I've done so far. Oh yeah, and there's like your your beavers have like different kind of like stats you want to like or not stats like necessities you want to provide for. Like if it's basics are like food, water, and sleep. But there's like nutrition one, two, three, and spirituality and fun and social life and stuff like that. And the happier your beavers are, the more efficient they are. And once you reach a certain level with the foxtails, then you can start playing with the iron tooth. So I'm trying to make my beavers as happy as they can be. And you could say like the end point of a beaver civilization is having like their kind of like big monuments built in a way, because the, the game is still in early access. So there's no like an end to this game. So that's like the arbitrary end for for a colony. So yeah, it has been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of stress. <laughs> I almost lost my beavers in the progress, but it has been fun. And the final game that I'm playing, Olympia Suare, I am pretty much just starting the fifth route of the game. That's I a just six, right? There's six yeah. out you said, yeah. Out of six. And I just noticed that last time I pretty much like talk about the world a little bit about the plot, but I really didn't go in depth like with any of the routes or characters are very covered. If you don't mind, um, if time allows, I kind of like want to give like a quick pointers on each route because this game is very interesting in many ways. Because I already said that it covers like a lot of controversial topics, and each character is from a different background in a sense. And I've been following what is called the recommended route order. I think it is recommended by the writers of the game. So yeah, I'm following that. First of all, the common route is very long and it has no decisions now that, now that I think about it because it sets up the world like pretty much all I told you from the game like from last time. That is common route. <laughs> the common route does a fantastic job introducing you to the various characters of the game. Also, not only like the main characters, but also the secondary characters, which by the way, some of them should really have like an actual character portrait because some of them are very, very important. That aside, the recommended order starts you with Riku from the blue class. Pretty much this character is like from the military. He kind of like works, guards the entrance to the Yomi district and 
like just before the route speed, Olympia starts like these uh, delivery service. It's like pretty much Olympia delivery service uh, between Yomi and the surface because the people from Yomi, um, which are either like classes that are unsightly or criminals or people that are considered criminals, they have like no contact with the outside world. So pretty much Olympia is trying to establish that. And with her delivery service, she also seeks to know more about the aisle, where you kind of like guards the entrance and it's like the guard you have to show your permit to so you can enter Yomi district. And he's pretty much opposed to Olympia doing all of this, partially because she's the last uh, person from the white class and pretty much like, hey, there are criminals down there. That seems that, that kind of seems dangerous. Though now that, I, now that I think about it, people from the surface are very fucking dangerous and I don't see them in Yomi. That aside, the, the first Riku's route kind of like presents more of like the overall class system of the island. And also Riku being a blue, which the blue is like the most elitist class in the fucking island. You also see that this uh, character, just for being from the blue, has like a lot of pressure, partially because of the power of Batsu, that is like, he pretty much does this ritual to send uh, the spirit of the dead to, to him or the, to the soul surface or something like that. And uh, because he's the like follow the, the next leader on the blue class, so like the pressure is fucking real there. You also get to know a lot of people from the blue class, in particular the current leader called Shura, which, by the way, is the first female leader in the island ever. And she's also pushing for girl education. And she's actually like building a school in the Blue District for all the girls to go to. Which was like kind of nice because it lets you know that not everyone in the island wants the island to continue in the current state. The character pretty much does like a 180, I think, in terms of character development. And yeah, kind of like, I, I guess like more clear generic person, but solid starting route. Then you have Tokisara. I have to do a spoiler alert here because Tokisara is actually an outsider and outsiders have their own role in the island because they are thought to, to pretty much like do miracles in the island. Like the leader of the yellow is an outsider. The, and he pretty much like allows Olympia by herself to make the sunshine and the leader of the red class pretty much made the red class prosper. Tokisada has not done nothing, so there's like a whole story with that. Then you have the third road, uh, Yasuga. I'm not gonna go into spoilers for this one, but because this one is like the one people should experience for themselves, but he's from the purple class. And there's some really interesting backstory over there. Finally, Kuroba from the black class, he's a doctor. And then you learn like the actual black class has only been established for a year. And he's, okay, I'm gonna go into spoilers. I Spoiler alert. How does that even work? Because I thought the whole thing was the color system had like permeated everything. Yeah, the color system permeated everything. But actually like members from the black class only be began like being born like 40 years prior to Olympia story pretty much. Mm -hmm. And at the time, since there's like this real, what's the word? Like the, 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 the sun can stop shining at any moment. There are times in the game where everything is like swallowed by darkness. And pretty much like Olympia has to like go uh, do the ritual and fix everything. 
people are very scared of darkness itself and that kind of like transfers to the color black okay except in clothing but in particular like they almost think that people that are born in the, uh, from the black are coming uh, it's like a, a cruise color like harbingers of darkness and yeah i get what you can yeah from. and i'm gonna put like a big spoiler alert because <laughs> this was like a very 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 interesting part of the story uh this character is looking for a cure for haku that is like this disease that pretty much like people lose their color and it's slowly like brought alive if you want to put it in a way <laughs> and this particular character actually used to be from the yellow class when he was a baby but a medicine developed for haku that had like a higher chance of efficiency actually can change one's color traits. He got like his um, black color traits from the medicine and he was like, well, you can have that here because only yellow people can live on the yellow black class and he pretty much grew up in Yomi. Yeah. So I already said this game is kind of fucked up. So yeah, I'm currently on Kimika. I'm gonna continue like next week probably. There's more. There's more. There's always more in Tome. uh, Yeah, I should know that by now really. (laughs) Yeah. The, The Otome never ends. Never. The Otome never ends. And I, I've actually been tipped that this route drops truth bombs Ooh. left and right. So yeah, uh, that's Olympia Story for now. Very interesting characters, very interesting story, very interesting and fucked up world. Tune up next week. <laughs> yeah, and, and... I'll, uh, I'll jump in very quick because I've played almost nothing. As you'll see when we get to the topic, uh, my time has been occupied elsewhere since we last recorded. Um, so I am technically still playing Valhalla on Vita. <laughs> Uh, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective on the DS, uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon on PC, Sumire also on PC, and The Legend of Zelda Oracle Seasons on Game Boy Color by way of a PSP <laughs> emulator. The one game I've actually made some headway with is Warrior Land 4 on the Game Boy Advance. Realized that I played it the wrong way around. So <laughs> the, the way that the world map's set up, it's like in a circle. You complete the opening couple of levels and then it opens up. I went left, so um, counterclockwise around, no, clockwise around the circle. Uh, beat all the levels. You know, healthy challenge, it's all good. Anyway, I saved and came back in, and the, completing that sort of set of levels was uh, the second most from the right. So I was like, well, hang on, there's like four medals in the middle that I've missed here. How's that worked? Well, I went right this time, and uh, it's like baby's first Wario Land. So I, <gasps> I yeah. <laughs> you did all the hardships. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm docking a couple of points from the game for letting me screw myself like that. But uh, it is really good. The pixel art is mm. still fantastic. The level variety is still amazing. Um, the core loop is, other than Wario Land 2 on the Game Boy Color, no, on the Game Boy, which I really, really, really enjoyed, it's the best loop of any Wario Land I've played to date. And I am having a great time with it. So even with that little misstep, um, things are good in the land of Wario. Alex, mm-hmm. take some time. Yeah, I'm playing two. There's three there, technically, but I'm technically playing two <laughs> at the moment. Um Because one that I haven't got any further in that are maybe a bit different. I'm playing Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime on the ds very Uh, curious to hear your thoughts on this yeah yeah, it's super fucking charming and really fun like it's basically um i've always loved see i I heard of this game and i was like this sounds like a game that alex would like because basically you play as a slime in the dragon quest world but there are these like there's these like platypus type monsters in dragon quest games and they've like come in and they're like fucking the town up and like 
all these stuff's been destroyed you're like dad hero slime has been like he's like gone and anyway you essentially like they've kidnapped all these people from the village and all these monsters from the village and so basically you go through all these different kind of open-ended levels where you're like trying to find the villagers and you can you can stack four things on top of you as a slime and throw them but like you can't attack as a slime right because you're a slime the best you can do is fling yourself at like uh the enemies um which is like really funny and um so there's like little puzzles that you solve and there are these like um i haven't gotten to them quite yet but i heard there are these like tank battles that you can do that are quite fun right now i've only had to run away from the enemy's big tank it's a really good game i don't think it's very long i think it's like about 11 hours long so like like a a average kind of amount of time um but so far Mm. i just enjoyed it the the pixel art's beautiful right like it's you know 2d kind of pixel art style it's just a really quality game honestly like i'm i've been enjoying it as kind of just like a pickup and and it's pretty funny too i have to say like they they do lots of pun work and like obviously you're playing as monsters so like they're all kind of like useless right and like always get shot upon kind of thing and one thing that is neat is you can collect monsters in the game so like when you hit the monsters they'll fly into the air and then you could they can land on you and so you all throughout the game there are like um trams or like different things that are going back to the town so the idea is like you're collecting treasure and you collect monsters and you're collecting the slimes that you find in these treasure chests to send back to town and so like the more slimes that come back to town the more things in town you unlock so town's kind of like your home base um so it's almost like a peace walker kind of thing where you where you're sort of boasting up mother Earth or mother base or whatever it's called. maybe yeah i haven't played peace walker so <laughs> maybe I <don't> okay <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know i mean but it's, it's it's kind of like any like i don't know it's any game like monster hunter and stuff where like you have a home base and then you go out and you do missions and you come back it's that kind of mm. that kind of experience um but it's really fun and it's really good so i recommend it great if you're watching something and you want to just like play a little game in, in your hands it's a good time what else am i playing i'm playing hot wheels unleashed which might sound random <laughs> but i saw this game and was like it got really good reviews mm. And it wasn't a full-priced game. Like, I think I bought it for, like, 40 bucks. And I was, like... Because obviously, obviously, because they're, like... They're going to have, like, you know, cars that you can buy later, right? Like, that's kind of the idea. They're, like, it's cheap, so you can eventually get... And there's lots of cars in the game. But um, to be honest, I'm fine with that. Because even some of the DLC cars, they'll, like... They'll put them on, like, a rotation so you can buy with coins and stuff. So... But you can't... There's no... There's no buying, though. There's no... um, You can't buy currency in this game. There's no microtransactions. So... Yet. Yeah, probably. I I don't know if there will be because you can just buy the cars. So like I I'm a little skeptical that they're going to like put them in maybe way down the road or some shit. But like at the moment, there's nothing like that. Like it's just within the game that there are there's like loot boxes, but they're just in the game. And it's more just play the game. You get coins, you buy them, you can get you get new cars. Right. And it's it's, I think it's mostly Mm. because and you also can win cars and stuff. So like and you can also buy a certain amount of cars that are just like there on their own. So like is it incredible? I don't know. But like, it's also just kind of fun to get them. And like the fact that there's no, I'll take issue if they make, if they implement a pay system for it, I would take issue. But like, I don't actually have issue with the concept of loot boxes when it's just in a game where you have to play yeah. the game in order to get it. Cause it is kind of fun. Like I'm like, Ooh, what car am I getting now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and there's actual value to having duplicate cars in this game, because if you get a duplicate, you can actually keep it and you can like dismantle them for parts to upgrade other cars. But then you can also upgrade other cars. And sometimes when you upgrade a car it can actually throw off your handling of that car so like sometimes it's good to have duplicate cars in case you bought one of them yeah exactly, it's almost like yeah. smt fusion accidents yeah yeah got you yeah right so that's why i'm like i'm not actually that like i'm not i'm not really opposed to it per se in it like um i think it's i think it's well implemented and there's no 
and there's no you know shove all this money into it and get addicted to this kind mm. of thing uh the gameplay great it's it's fucking beautiful like it is really gorgeous game like absurdly so you know like i'm looking at this game like how is this game so pretty like all the cars i don't know how to explain this but all of the cars they look like toy cars like they really look like tangible physical toy cars in a mm. way that is hard to explain like the like the coding that they've put onto it like the way they designed it it looks like you could grab that fucking thing and be like start playing with it on the ground like it's just so they're so real looking the plastic looks so legit the matting and like as you race with your cars your cars get dinged up and shit so like your car will look like like a kid's been like holding it as if they were like had their hands on part of it and like look faded away some of the like paint and sections like it's just it's really fucking clever you're in all these like playrooms so like obviously you're on a hot wheels track so the tracks are nuts right there's loop-de-loops there's like all this shit and it's it's a heavy drifting reliant game because like drifts build up your boosts and your boosts are super important and like there's shortcuts all throughout the levels and stuff and um i i talked to you guys a little bit about this i don't like racing games for the most part like just traditional racers i don't really like them i don't think they're that much fun they're just kind of basic arcade racing games though oh yeah that's some good shit right like mario kart fun as hell this taps into that thing where it's like the ai is also hard man like i'm on medium and it is a challenge sometimes to beat them and like they have two fucking levels above that like if you're an expert fucking kart racer or like arcade racing player you're gonna be challenged by this game so mm-hmm. yeah i recommend it if you have any nostalgia for hot wheels any whatsoever you fucking love this game <laughs> and if you don't and you just like good arcade racers you're probably gonna love this game as well i don't know if you necessarily have to buy a full price but like it's not even that expensive and frankly it's it's for me it's a great game to put on and play a couple races like when i'm just like a little like ugh, like just kind of tired it's nice to just pop in play one or two because it has it's a fun little count. story yeah. mode it's not a story mode per se but it's like a campaign you know where like you go through and you beat all these challenges and you unlock more stuff and things like that and yeah anyway that's hot wheels unleashed very good game <laughs> Right, and let's unleash our topic. Dear Ooh. God, yeah. We- <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to get through all these, but we'll try. I, I'm ready to blast through most of mine. So to give give you all a little bit of a heads up at home, uh, the Steam Next Fest was on. We all committed to playing a few demos each. Um, and by a few, Alex played, what, six? I played six. Paola played three. I played 23. <laughs> little much i counted them before we started recording yeah so uh i've i've bundled mine together so if needs be i can blitz through most of them but i think we should start with the one that we've all played uh and which friends of paula's are developing uh and that's a little game uh coming to pc ps4 switch and xbox one near you soon called what lies in the multiverse Mm -hmm. Uh, and given how much else i've got to talk about i'm gonna let you two talk about this one <laughs> i'll even i'll let you go on this one first paula because uh yeah again like just kind of a friend of paula's so i feel like i was probably already a little put on the side to enjoy it but i did very much enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> okay so what lies in the multiverse pretty much starts like this kid who is trying to trying to simulate like all the realities at the same time and suddenly he's not in he's in another world it is a very charming, like, platformer puzzle adventure. So, yeah, they, they kind of, like, distributed the first, like, a closed demo, and I kind of missed out on that. So, finally getting to play it on, on an actual demo on a sim was beautiful, seeing the game fully animated and in action. Which, by the way, the artist of this game is, is a wizard. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen not only I've seen his work for what lies in the multiverse I actually saw uh, another pixel art for other thing and yep wizard mm. yeah um 
this game in general has like a lot of charm like it oozes like personality in a sense yeah and i just want to uh, keep playing it because <laughs> the story seems to be going places and it's very um... it has oh. I was going to say, it's very Rick and Morty inspired. Like, I can feel that for sure. Like, just in the sense of, like... But then again, Rick and Morty is also jumping off Back to the Future. But, like, the young boy and the eccentric, like, genius kind of character. But what's interesting is that it's not... um, Because that often makes me wary, right? Like, when I see that come up, I'm like, oh, Jesus. But they do such a good job of characterization in this that I actually was just kind of drawn into it. And the music's really... The music was what was getting me into it for the most part, to be honest. I was like, <laughs> whenever that dude appeared, I was like, oh, am I going to get to hear that theme again? And then I was like, ah, yeah, here it is. Do, do, do. I'm like jamming out to Oh, you mean Everett? Yeah, like Everett's little like yeah. theme that he has whenever he appears. This kind of deal. Because like, I think maybe something that's important to mention with this too is like it's a it's a reality swapping kind of game. So like you can you hit buttons and like you can swap realities, which like really impacts like your puzzle solving because you can like, you know, if there's a something in your way in one reality, you can pop. Maybe it's not in the other one, um, which is pretty neat. Yeah, and there's like these objects, which by the way, I forgot the name for, for the thing. Ubiquitists. But they are in both realities. Like, they are trapping there. Yeah, I, I think they call them ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. Yeah, I butchered it. That's okay. It's a hard word. <laughs> <laughs> it do be yeah. a hard word. And it's uh, but, it's a very good game. It is a very good game. I it, The demo is still up on Steam. So, mm. for everyone who is interested, please go check it out. Give it a bit of, like, give it a bit of your time. Yeah. The demo is about, like, one hour long. So... It isn't like a super long demo. What's and... nice this time is they've like left almost all the demos up. So most everything we talk about, you'll probably still be able to go and try for yourself if anything jumps yep. out. Sorry, Pala, go ahead. I lost my I lost my train of thought. Oh, and read all the signs. Read I, all the signs in both realities. That's all I can say. Oh, read all on, the signs. The signs are fun, yeah. I was going to say, the one thing that like I'm a little, I, I do hope is like it was a lot of block puzzles and the block puzzles are really interesting. Um, I hope that it expands a little bit out of there because I love the concept so much. And I'm like, man, and I imagine it probably will, but I'm like, I hope that because at the moment it's just like two realities and I'm hoping that they'll really expand that out um, because I could see some like real fun and like having multiple realities coming in here. But we'll see. That might be that might be that might be complicated, (laughs) but um, I'm just curious to see where it goes. I'm invested at this point, so I'm like, I want to know. And it seems like it'll be perfect to play on consoles. Man, if they could get this game on Game Pass, I'd jump on. No problem. <laughs> and and by contrast, like by contrast, one game that I think, Alex, you were less interested in after playing the demo uh, is another one that I've played, and that's mm. Tunic. I think Paula played that too, right? Tunic, yeah. Well, I played it too, oh, yeah. we did play Tunic. Sweet. Yeah, I played yeah, Tunic I played in the last round last of demos. Yeah. I think it's the same uh, demo. I, I, don't think they've, I don't think they gave a new demo. Yeah, Tunic... <sighs> So I, I like it. I likely will play it. This is why oh, I like a big book coming. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It didn't feel that tight to me. And like, ultimately, yeah. there's like that. They're generating enemies all the time. I was like, that's going to get a little old. Like every time you go in, like, I don't see the purpose of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's because you're not really leveling or anything. So like in Dark Souls, I understand why enemies respawn. And like, it feels like a Dark Souls thing that they put into it. And I'm like, Am I going to like that? I don't know. Like Zelda-like games, the reason I play them is for the exploration and the fun, like not really for the fucking grind my balls fucking 
combat experience. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. I can't, I, I am also careful not to judge too intensely on a demo because it's a fucking demo, but yeah, demos do give you the feelings. Like, yeah. like actually the demo for Sable is the reason why I'm not going to play that game because I played it and I went, I will not like this. And I was like, I'm done. Cause I was like, there's no way that it's suddenly vastly different later, especially when it's a long in, involved demo. I do think Tunic's uh, text thing is really interesting. I like the idea that there's no, like that the text is in like a language you don't understand and that you have to interpret it. I think that's really cool. But anyway, what did you guys think? I thought it was like Oceanhorn with a fox. It, it, it didn't really strike me as anything yeah. worth checking out over and above other things I had going on. And for as much as there was some fucking excellent stuff uh, in the fest that we'll definitely come on to in a bit, I felt like there were quite a few games I played where it's just like, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what what's compelling me to try this over something else, whether it's just being polished to a sheen, whether it's something unique about it. You know, it, it, there were quite a few games and this was one of them, unfortunately, where uh, I, I I just didn't see the the USP, I suppose, let's say. Right, you, Pala. Oh, okay. I haven't actually like finished the demo because time. Thank you, <laughs> university. Um, but from what I actually played, like I've I already have like the stick, the sword, and the shield. And mm-hmm. overall, it doesn't seem like an overly complicated game. Like the enemies they throw at you, like later, are like more dangerous, and some explode after you kill them, which kind of reminded me of. The dongos on Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask because once you 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 deal the finishing blow, they will explode and hopefully you are not nearby because they take a shit ton of health. I see the combat in itself being some kind of puzzle for some enemies, though I can see it like getting old, uh, given the that the enemies don't seem to have like a lot of variety in different areas. Like you might not have gotten this. Yeah, I was going to say, you might not have gotten this, but there is a secret, like, enemy in a certain area that I think hints to the, like, fuck you level that, it's, that it can get to. Because there is an enemy off to, like, the right-hand side of this. It's, you kind of have to go through this. I thought that enemy. Yeah. yeah. It's a fuck you enemy where it's just kind of like, <laughs> good luck trying to beat me. And, I'm and like, the geometry <sighs> just before you get to it is, like, you're going to flee and you're not going to be able to do it very easily. Yeah. Because you have to, like, go through a bit of a, like, Q maze to get yeah. to it in the first place but yeah anyway sorry keep going there pal actually you need to go fight that enemy now <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> like you picked my interest by there i oh. it kind of feels like top down zelda but with more combat and less battles right yeah, now 100%. it does have a little bit of exploration but not so much the game even though it has like no instructions at all does make a good job like guiding you to places or like hinting at where you should go which I really like. And right now, the thing that I'm liking the most is like the overall like art style the game has and like the the, the, the lighting, like, like it brings so much more charm out of the game. Mm-hmm. But I really need like something else in the gameplay like to, to pretty much like keep me playing. Yeah. Mm. But from a demo, it's still solid gameplay. A, quite, a bit repetitive, but pretty solid. Yeah, I'm just careful to hype it up because I think people have been hyping it as this like Zelda, th- like, like you know, the answer to like another, a new 2D Zelda. And I'm like, just don't go in thinking that. Ugh, I think it's going to be a good game, but like, I no, think actually, it'll, it might I die don't... on that comparison, you know? <laughs> oh, no, it definitely does on that comparison. It's not yeah. like it was fine TM. I, I probably will pass on it, to be honest, when it comes out or at least wait on it. Yeah, it's coming to Game Pass, which is why I probably will play it. But yeah, 
Oh, oh yeah, like uh, still, it's kind of like a it. I only brought this this the Zelda comparison because like the oh. only thing I was like able to compare it to. Sorry, but... no, I wasn't talking about you. I meant like in like mainstream. But also, the game did it themselves. The characters wearing a green tunic. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Wake it up on a on a beach. Thanks yeah. awakening anyone. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little notes like with the sword. But anyway, that's it about tunic. Nice. Sure. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it if I get Game Pass, which, by the way, I don't think they adjusted the price in Chile yeah. yet because they're looking at the price. I may try it out. Should we talk about Transrubia um, then? Since tra- yes. Transrubia. Yep. Transrubia. However you say it, the game is, is pretty great. It's got a horrible <laughs> map. The map <laughs> fucking stinks. Yeah, Everything bad. else about it is excellent. And the, the fun thing about it is um, I think Alex and I both played it mm-hmm. and uh, both sort of within a few minutes said, hang on, the music sounds like Kamiko. The art <laughs> looks like Kamiko. Some of the uh, design sort of pillars are Kamikos. Some of the sprites look straight up ripped out of Kamiko. Lo and behold, it's the same dev as Kamiko. Yeah. This is a better game on the, on the basis of the demo. It's, it, this is the one demo. So you know how sometimes I, I was playing demos and it felt a little bit like this was like work. Do you know what I mean? I was like, God, these fucking demos for the podcast. You know, and I'm like, a couple of them I was like, ah, oh, this is stupid. But this one, like, and I, I had, uh, yeah, I had like connected my Xbox controller to my PC to play it. Zero latency issues. Controls were so fucking precise. And I had been playing a couple games that I was having latency issues with. And I was like, is this just my computer? Like, is my computer stuck? And I'm like, no, it's the fucking game. Because this game, fucking perfect. Like, it was so well optimized. It was going great. I got into it. Like, I was just like, I was starting to play it. And then I, it just, the loop got me fucking in. I was yeah. like, I want to find all the fucking secrets. Where's all the stuff? Oh my God. Ooh, that does this. Mm. Ooh. Like, you know, I, I do agree with you though. I think the map needs to be improved a bit. Even if they could allow me to put, um, I, maybe they could, I didn't explore, but if they can allow me to put markers on the map i'll be happy like that's fine i don't that mind map, a that, that map. system needs completely fucking redoing i hated everything about it It made no sense i couldn't pass anything from that map really okay because it, it was fine for me because i i knew where i was and then how to get down to places i think i was just remembering the map but yeah i but see i don't mind an empty map like that as long as they allow me to put markers on it like that for me is fine if i'm allowed <sighs> to place a couple things on it, because it's a metroidvania too so i'm, I'm okay with that like uh, Whether I had a visual glitch, I don't know. I, I basically had like a, a grid mm-hmm. and it showed me where there were and weren't diamonds. I couldn't actually see any mm-hmm. sort of layout of the geometry on the map. I basically, and mm-hmm. it's credit to the game that it didn't really impede me because I actually learned the map and the map, it, like the, I learned the layout of the level rather. And the level yeah. design is pretty strong. But I, what I found myself doing is stopping myself. I did this with a few demos, stopping myself quite early. It's like, I know I'm going to play this. So <laughs> let's, let's stop now because uh, they're going to get my money and I'll this. play, I went play on the whole thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I cannot stop. I must beat it. Um, another game I did that with, and this is one I really, really want to talk about because I think you'd both get a massive kick out of it as well. Uh, is a game called The Bookwalker. The Bookwalker. Now, this is an interesting hybrid of first-person sort of walking sim-type gameplay and isometric top-down CRPG gameplay. The concept is you live in a world where writing is power. Think Ink Heart sort of thing. Mm. Um, and you, for crimes, have been denied the ability to write for the rest of your life. Also, your brother is dead. And in order to get your writing ability back and bring him back to life in the form of a novel, you have taken on the tasks to uh, infiltrate books and steal things from them. So the demo, the first level it has you going into, you go into a book which contains uh, within it a potion of immortality. And you have to sort of dive into the book and into the world the book sort of creates and come back out with the potion of immortality. In the real world, you can craft 
uh, lockpicks, crowbars, stuff like that. You then take it into the book world. So there's this loop of sort of harvesting materials in the book world, fighting enemies with ink, doing a light little bit of puzzling, coming out, crafting what you need, going back in and then using it. I've never played anything like it. I think the story was touching on some really interesting points as well, because the brother is like an active character in the game in the form of his like soul shorn from his body that you keep in like a, a pendant around your neck. Uh, and you have conversations with him and he's like, am I really going to be alive again? And uh, hits on these weird philosophical beats. And obviously it's all just a demo. It's all very early, but this thing's got potential. And what's there already plays really well. Sounds neat. I think the depth, sorry, go on. Oh, I just said that sounds neat. Sounds a bit like a yeah. Disco Elysium when I was looking at like the style of what it looks like. It like sounds like a similar kind of twist on the genre. Yeah, the CRPG stuff is definitely that way. Um, the demo seems to bleed into a second book, but I stopped at the start of that. I was just like, I'm probably going to play this when it comes out, so we'll, we'll wait and see. Before we jump onto some of the, some of the games that you guys have got, just because I'm mindful that we need to break up mm-hmm. all of mine, there are two other games that I played that were both really good and did something very unique that I want to talk about. The first of those is a game called Who's Lila? Um, this game is, they call it a reverse murder mystery because you play as the murderer. Ooh. Um, and it's in like a monochrome sort of Obra Dinn-esque art style. The screen is split into two halves. One half, it's almost like a DS game. Like when you played them in novel mode where you turn the DS on its side, on what would be the left screen or the left half of the screen um, is the world. And you, you like point and click your character around it and talk to people and do stuff like that. And your character like has some kind of social impairment where they can't really make genuine facial expressions. So on the right half of the screen is their face. And as you go through predetermined sort of dialogue paths, you have to manipulate the face in time situations to convey things such as happiness, anger, fear, <laughs> disgust. It's kind of bork, but in a really fucking engaging way. Cool. And uh, because your character's kind of fucked up, there are situations uh, like, for example, when one of the one of the missing girl's friends asks your character where the fuck she is. You were the last person seen with her. Uh, the dialogue he gives is, I don't know what you're talking about. And you have to fight his urge to give a big, creepy fucking grin to the other character. And there's lots of like clever things that I think they could do with it. I don't think the mechanics are quite there and uh, the graphics definitely hinder as much as they hurt. There are situations where there was something I was supposed to click on and I struggled to Mm. see it immediately. But I think with a little bit of polish, this could really, really go places and be well Mm. worth jumping into. The other one, and I'm a little bit more hesitant on this, uh, is a game called Aztec Forgotten Gods. It was a very quick demo because I skipped all the story beats because they have like this stimulus, ah, kappa kappa. like audio thing around the dialogue and i just couldn't fucking deal with it grated but the gameplay is kind of interesting so you have like this ancient gauntlet thing uh that you can use to sort of propel yourself around the map reminded me a lot of gravity rush in the way that you're sort of throwing yourself through the air at things and you have like an aerial dash attack where you lock onto stuff um, and there's like a QTE thing. Compelling in the way that it runs, definitely beyond the norm of what you would necessarily see. Felt very janky at this point, but as I understand, it's relatively early in development. So mm. it's one where I'm going to keep an eye on and sort of see where it goes. Um, but it's got potential. It feels like it could be a real interesting one. Nice. Um, um, yeah. Why don't, don't you two jump in? Break me up, jump on please. Real quick here, because I I don't have actually much to say about the others. One one I played is called Maze Man. Kind of neat. Basically, you have these maze sort of levels. It's it, it's um it's a level based game. It's not really like a, a roguelite or anything. It's more like because it, it kind of frames itself as that, but that's not really what it is. You basically have like a level, and it's one of those always moving 
kind of game. So like you press a direction and the character will move in that direction. And then every character that you play has, has like different abilities. And so you basically have to go in and collect like, um, like jewels and keys and the keys will like unlock a door. That's the end of the level. And like there's enemies that are on their own movement paths. And so each character will like tackle the level differently. The demo was pretty good because it showed you like a couple early levels and then it would jump like to like, here's like a level 40 ish. Here's like level seven. Like it like jumps you further, further along. It's pretty fun. Um, I could see it being, it's kind of one of those games where like when you die, you're like, fuck, I want to fuck, you know, like it's like that kind of game where you're like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to beat this shit. I do kind of wish I can control my character on my own because sometimes when I'd press a direction, it like would take a second and it'd be like, oh, sorry, you're like a frame past the thing. So I'm not going to go down now. Like that kind of shit that would like, was a little annoying, but pretty interesting. I think it's one to keep an eye on because it's, um, it's pretty fun overall. Uh, I also played one called Bubble People, which is a really weird game, but it's like, it's kind of like hidden figures. Like it's that like, um, like pencil drawing, like black and white, um, little like, you know, Ooh. find the person thing. But what it is instead is like, basically you're, um, this guy and like, there's no like dialogue. It's all like images, like, you know, like that kind of thing. And so basically you're like trying to eliminate noises. Cause at first the person's like, Oh, I don't want to hear this. And then you're like eliminating people and like, oh, it, it gets, it gets dark. <laughs> It gets like really weird and dark and I'm like this was kind of fun I liked this it's basically a clicker game like you're just kind of clicking on things but it was it was pretty fun and actually told us kind of interesting story then the other one I played was called Biota B-I-O-T-A I didn't like this game it just control <laughs> issues latency issues it's kind of like the one pixel type thing where it's like trying to be um an old school game it's like run and gun um, uh... but it looks gross because sometimes you can do that one pixel deal, but the problem is that there's so much interactables in this game and all the enemies interactables, well, they all look the same because guess what? There's only one fucking color. So like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't see anything. It's really chunky. The text was horrific because you could basically do palette swaps in this game. Like you can swap a bunch of different palettes over it to make the color look different. Because again, it's like a very simple yeah. thing. It just didn't look good. I didn't like it. I would run and then I'd press the button to jump and it would be like a second after I do that. So I plummet to my fucking death. And I was like, no, no. It's <laughs> like, I'm not playing another fucking game like this. I think I just got from little it's, nightmares. So it's such a shame because it looks bloody excellent in screenshots. It, yeah, in motion, it doesn't though. It really just doesn't uh, in motion. It, it gets a little like much um, as you're playing through it. Look, it could be great in the end because part of it was fun. Like some of the shooting was fun, but I don't know. Oh, it's also a roguelite. So you play like the first part is like a mission, but then it it's actually uh, more of a game where you go underground and you basically just have to like run all the way until you die. And then you can like go back and try again kind of thing. Like kind of like oh bumping on Splunky. But anyway, I think if they had a few more colors, this game would be a little bit better. <laughs> um and uh last one is monochrome rpg which is a concept piece basically this is not a game at the moment uh i don't okay i fucking hate talking bad about demos because they're all working their ass off to try to get this shit out but like this is an interesting idea it's like a um, vaudevillian style cartoon like think really early steamboat willy uh mickey mouse style oh, uh another but, one that looks excellent in screenshots yes because it's animated at four frames a second Oh no. <laughs> genuinely. Genuinely. And it was just like somebody Excuse with their microphone. Honest to God, it was like four frames a second. Because, oh, you no. know, that animation, the whole point of that animation is that it looks silky smooth, right? Like that was the point of that old animation is that it looked really good because they were only doing small parts. But the reality is when you want to make it into an RPG, I think probably what they realized is that it requires a lot of fucking animation. <laughs> That's really fucking hard. Yeah. And like most of it was like, it hardly it hardly started for me too like 
I, when I was first trying to start the demo, it was just like, it would just crash. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Um, and I got in and it was just like, pop, pop, pop. And then once you got into the actual game, yeah, everyone was moving kind of normally. It almost didn't work for me. I couldn't like press some things during it. It was just a broken thing. And then some of the s- scenes were just sketches because clearly it's not ready yet, which is, that's fine. I don't, that's okay. If this game maybe gets more funding or something, or if they, and they polish up the stuff, I think it could be really neat. But also the perspective is a problem. It's like you're looking straight down down on it and like perspectively it looks really weird because like is it like binding of isaac isn't it like yeah and like walls are weird but then like but then like it's flat on but then people perspectively are like they look like they're in an isometric like um it's not meshing nicely which was really upsetting because i really wanted it to be amazing because it looks really cool but it uh wasn't for me so anyway but then again people apparently are liking Unmetal, and i think it's a trash game so who knows um (laughs) but actually people are complaining about what i complained about so I feel validated. Uh, all right, uh, Paolo, why don't you tell us about the last one that you, you did there? Uh, Settlement Survival, it is yet another uh, city builder game. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, I wanted to try this out because the overall like, aesthetics of the game, it looks kind of like low poly, but good looking low poly. Reminds me a bit of For the King, where it's like simple geometry. And it's quite pared back, but it is also like pretty with it. There is detail to the low detail. I know what you're saying. Yep. Uh, so overall, I feel it is like a, a slower paced city builder in the sense of uh, your unit is pretty much like eight according to actual years passing in game. Cool. There's a lot going on in this game. Like if you try, if you want to try out the, the demo, I would recommend watching Stutter Cut's video on it first because the demo is not really clear on what the overall like necessities of your civilizations are. Like the necessities of the people you are like trying to build uh, a colony for. And there's honestly a lot going on uh, for this game. If they like polish like the tutorials a little bit more, I see a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And I'm more like the pacing of the tutorial because I felt like by the time they told me to build a, a, hospi- a hospital, I actually had to build one myself before because one of my one of my miners got injured. Um, well, injured people are not happy people. <laughs> and I had to cut my time with this game short, not because of time, but because I don't know what I did wrong, honestly. <laughs> but my people were like super, super unhealthy. Um, very fucking mad to the point that I think there was a murder. Like, and you're if your people are games. like, huh? and and you're pretty good at these games, from what I understand. I'm trash, but you seem to be good at these, so that's <laughs> odd. <laughs> yeah, like I think if I give it like another try, like trying another civilization, because I saw like on the menu where you create a map, I saw that you could like turn the disasters on and off. I didn't get to a disaster, I a natural disaster, I guess. You can build bunkers. I haven't had the necessity to build a bunker hmm. but well um i think once i understand like the, the the overall mechanics of the game you know like enjoy it more it happened to me with timberborn like like the second or third try i was really really enjoying the game but yeah i i think like these kind of games are like an acquired taste to some extent yeah they're a huge acquired taste 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent um can i make yeah, a little... like from from the the city builders, I do recommend you check it out after. And I'm gonna link Splattercut Splattercut's video in the description because it clears out a lot of stuff. So yes, yes. 
Right, so we are running very, very long. <laughs> I am going to save four games that weren't like super out there, but I do want to save a bit more about four next week. Uh, the rest I've categorized into three groups. They are fine, um, cool, but not for me, and pretty fucking awful. Uh, and I'm going to go through them at breakneck speed. Fine. Most of these are like 2D side scrollers, and it's just like, okay, we've seen it all before. The only one that really stood out as good was Haiku the Robot. Uh, something about that was just quite charming. Um, Itora and Anno Mutation M, beautiful, but quite thin gameplay-wise. Hopefully they beef that up in the full release. Then Film Mechanism, Planet Cube Edge, 2D pixel platformers. Meh. Uh, Night Reverie was kind of cool, but very, very basic. It didn't really grab me. It's like a, like a point-and-clicky game, but very sort of babies first, very whimsical, very kind of strange. Games that were cool, but not for me, I don't think. Mecha Jammer, it's like a, a CRPG, combat-y, pixel-arty, post-apocalyptic thing. Seems well put together. For whatever reason, it didn't grab. So it stayed on the wish list. We'll see how that goes. Blackwind is like an action game. And it's clearly aimed at, at, at like a younger, more naive, uh, less experienced demo than me. Because it's very, very basic. Very, very, very easy. Uh, and then there's a game called The Last Bastion, which is like like an adventure thing. But it's all text-based. And it's like, do you want to please this group of people or that group of people? Where do you want to move your little ticker on the map? There's clearly something there. It wasn't tickling me. And then there are four games that were really terrible. The most disappointing of which was a game called Blind Fate Edo no Yami. The concept is you are a samurai who died long ago and has been brought back to life, but has been brought back to life blind. And it's a two and a half D thing, action platformer. The combat revolves around you using four of the senses that you still have to detect enemies that are otherwise completely invisible to you. I don't know if any of you have ever played a combat game where you can't see the enemies you're fighting at all. Fuck. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awful, yo. And th there's a cool concept there. But the game that they've brought out of that concept is fundamentally not fun as it stands. Hopefully they go back to the drawing board. I think it's probably too late for that, which is a bit of a shame. Drifting Way to Feathers. This was designed by someone who doesn't know how to make video games. It, it, it's a, a booby-titillating asset pack from a storefront somewhere edited into cutscenes that run at like two frames a second. And then, do you know what? There's actually sort of a half-cool concept of a game in there somewhere. But it, it, it's clearly not a skilled craftsman that's put it together, which is a bit of a shame. Because it, it what they're aiming for could be cool in better hands. Undungeon um, is like a, a pixely top-down action combat thing. doesn't help it started with like a 10-minute lore dump. And by then, I just I, I was switched off already. The combat's kind of blur. It, it could be cool. I, I just didn't really speak to me. And then there's a game called T-Bat, which is like a 2D platformer thing, but there's a time limit and there's a score attack thing. Wasn't really explained. Didn't make any sense. Didn't particularly control very well. So that, I, I gave it like a two-minute run and then that was the end of it for me. Nice. So yeah, that's that's 19 of my 23 games. Four yeah. more to come next week. So stay tuned for those. Yeah. Um, and without any further ado, why don't we move straight along to... How long to beat, beat the game? The game. Nice. Paula, what, what are we guessing this week? Yeah. Also, right. I just want to say that was well done, Rick. That was a great <laughs> speed run through those. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a gift, what can I say? Yeah. Well, sometimes the demos too. Yeah. Sometimes it's literally just like, I did this, but you know. Also, yeah, we're just covering I, what Paula looks up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, that was most of the fest. Like, I'd say mm -hmm. a third to half of the games like felt really good. The other two thirds were meta disappointing. Uh, you know, that's just the nature of the game. Steam's just such a big storefront now. Yeah. There's so many people throwing shit at the wall, and you know, not all of it's going to stick. What does... has stuck, Paula? What are we? What are we guessing? The disaster, the F crisis. Oh, I oh! played this game. Isn't that that one by um 
Oh God! Isn't it that weird? Like, uh, like it's it's Japanese, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so Japanese. It, it's mm-hmm. a Japanese view of like an American yes. um, natural disaster movie. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the best kind of awful. Um, <laughs> there was a new one that came out recently, wasn't there? Yeah, it's like um, it's very much like. Oh, a... that's a different series. I think that's Disaster Four, and it was it was a disaster in execution as well. By the sounds of it, mm. I think that's a whole different series. <laughs> oh, is it um, oh, okay? I didn't hey, know. Um, yeah. So, this one is for the Wii, so... Oh, yeah, this is developed mm-hmm. by Monolith Soft. Okay. Yeah. The Xeno, and the Xeno team. What? And, yeah. and in a post-credit oh. scene, you do a completely different game mode and you shoot down a meteorite that's flying towards the Earth after the whole story's finished. It, it's such a trip. Man. Anyone who's got Dolphin running or can find a copy, I think I paid Monolith 50 pence Soft for was a Definitely check it out. Was a support developer on like the modern Link Legend of Zelda games, like Breath of the Wild, yeah, oh, Link yeah. Between Worlds, Skyward Sword. That's They're interesting. second party. They're the, the Xenoblade yeah. devs as well, if I yeah, remember correctly. They are, yeah, yeah. Yep. Disaster Day of Crisis. Okay, so that is a different series. All right, interesting. Mm. They... <laughs> and they were Bait and Kaitos. Yeah, oh, love me some Bait and Kaitos. Okay, Disaster Day of Crisis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, I'm not very confident on this, though. Shoot, shoot, shoot. So mm-hmm. I have a vague memory of how this went and so i, I have no idea what i'm doing they make Somewhat. big fucking games but if it's based on a disaster movie i mean yeah i mean i'm gonna play my hand early this isn't that long a game um so i'm putting down eight hours main 10 hours main plus and 11 hours 100 percent. 100 percent is the time i'm not certain of main and main plus i'm pretty pretty sure i'm on the money with yeah like looking at this game if it's gonna be a um let me see here Average reviews. Famitsu gave it a pretty good one. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a bad game. It, it's just a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Potentially cheesy dialogue and all that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the only part of it that is truly horrific is the driving. It only asks you to do that twice, but it is, it is fucking horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go, like similar ish but i'm not gonna go exact although it's hard when you put it in first i'm like fuck <laughs> yeah i'm laying down yeah. a marker whoever I gets sort of the first wait, marker though. in you're sort of fucked right do you know what whether i put it first or i put it last i know you're gonna be this roughly the same time as me so it doesn't really matter either well, way that's, i don't always do that come on now <laughs> listeners can listen back and it, it has been different before oh keep nibbling alex that's it's true <laughs> 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 all right well i'm gonna go look mine will be different i'm gonna go well all, we're all the same fuck all right i'm just gonna do different from all of you then. <laughs> i'm gonna say uh go on put 30 35 40 do it you coward as if i'm gonna do that you <laughs> kidding me fuck that shit i'm gonna do um i'm gonna do seven hours and 30 minutes <laughs> i'm gonna do uh Nine 11 hours, hours and 30 and minutes, minutes. <laughs> and then i'll do I'll do 12 hours and 30 minutes. Or no, maybe it's longer than that. Maybe I'll do 13 hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> hey, All what right. can you do? It's a short it's... game, man. It's like last week was 555. Five, five. <laughs> well, Why do you I'm... feel we're all fucked on 100%? Okay, Howler, for the, audi- the, the audience's benefit, seven hours, nine and a half hours, and 13 hours. Uh, and I switched my 100% from 11 to 12. Oh, you switched? Oh. I did. I just bumped it a smidge. Okay. Go on, Pala. Okay. What's the damage? What are you saying? Main story, nine and a half hours. Okay. Main blasters, extras, nine and a half hours. Uh huh. Okay. Completionist. 
uh, 13 hours and a half. Oh, hey, Beautiful. I nailed completion. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so we all got Fun. it. Um, I think, right? It. Yeah, we all got it. So that means, oh, wow, Rick, next week might reveal who gets up to 100. Because right now, Rick and I are at 97 and Pal is at 85. Yeah. Well, what happens if here. we both tie next week? <laughs> I was buying us a switch each. Happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was I like, excuse me, what? <laughs> Dope. Right. Well, who knows? What... It's all right here on the paperwork you signed. Yeah, right. Who knows what we'll get next week? Um, Should I have we were pretty lucky. This I find it so funny. I feel like we get the easy ones when it's just us, and then when we have whenever we'd have guests on, it was always the really hard games. <laughs> Everdred said that to me before he came on. He was like, "I knew the one you did this week, but I know if I ever come on, it's going to be like some obscure shit I've never heard of." I know, right? It's like yeah. game, it's like game shows. You know all the questions when you're at home on the sofa, and then they're asking yeah. you like about Aztec finances when you fucking get on the show yourself or something completely fucking obscure. Oh, shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, that's it for this week. This bumper week. Yeah, I don't think you lucky, next lucky week, people. but I think the week after, we're going to do some spooky game talk because spooky season is this month. So get ready for the end of this month because basically I want to talk about spooky games on at least the 30th or something. <laughs> Even if we've never played them, we'll talk about what makes games scary at some point. Um, but who knows what we'll talk about next week. It's a mystery. <laughs> All right, toodaloo, folks. I'm so zapped. All right, see you later, guys. Take it easy. Bye.